hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. So what we did is um, we got together at the local Tarpon River Brewery. We had LonkerCon there. Mm -hmm. We did some podcasts there. You yep. know, it's kind of a local center point. Um, we got together um, with five or six people in town that were very concerned. And... Um, decided we were going to do a protest and we we're going to do on the water protest um, with boats and off the water protest at a local park that is right on the new river um, in the epicenter where the sewage spills were and um, the city of Fort Lauderdale and the boaters and the fishermen here took to it and it was a very successful protest we had over say 80 boats involved probably three or four hundred people on land and People from all over the state you know, knew about the protest. They came and they participated. And from that point, I think, you know, between the record and getting on national news, doing the protest, and then of course the social media, people are starting to wake up to the fact that we're killing our own ecosystem. Hey, there's Captain Jeff Maggio. They call me the Lunker Dog, and you guys are on the Tom Rowan Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show today. We are going to have a fantastic show with none other than the Lunker Dog, Jeff Maggio. He's been on the show before. You guys know Jeff Maggio. He's the Lunker Dog. He is uh, YouTube, one of the earliest YouTube fishermen and uh, just an overall cool dude. He's been doing a lot of work this year with um, a sewage spill in Fort Lauderdale that I want to talk to him about as well as the coronavirus so i'm going to give him a call right now and see what's going on um hopefully hopefully jeff's doing well yeah it's captain jeff what's going on jeff <laughs> how you doing <laughs> Good, sitting in my back office, my new studio. Yeah? You got a yeah. new studio for the podcast? Yeah, I totally redid my office. I had Chet Walters in this old office before, which is more like a tackle studio slash office slash garage. It was a lot of things. Now, I got my 12 setups to go fishing every day and the rest of the podcast studio. Wow, right on. So how's the podcast going for you? I love the podcast. Yeah. It's, it seems yeah, like a really fun. good platform for you. It really does. It's, it's just fun, and, um, you know, I can speak my mind. Um, I love the way that people get, you know, are, are engaged in it. You know, it's not just something quick. So I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. Yeah. So you've had a lot of things to speak your mind about recently. One of the things I wanted to catch up with you on, <laughs> it was uh, when we first made contact for this, it was kind of pre-coronavirus. Uh, right. But but the sewage spill, um, you know, I've been following your posts. And I'm interested to to kind of get the whole story, really. I don't I don't know much about what you've been dealing with there other than what I've seen on your social media. But right. uh Bring, bring me up to speed on what was going on there. Yeah, well, most of the country, you know, found found out about the sewage spills here in Fort Lauderdale kind of late in the cycle because I think it was the million gallons of sewage was spilled into the uh, intercoastal waterway here, which was um, a record, national record. So Fort Lauderdale holds the record for sewage spills, amongst other things. and um, 
that's what most people heard about it. Um, Fort Lauderdale has been running on an infrastructure system that was built in the 60s and 70s. And um, at that time, you know, there's probably about 50,000 people that lived in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now we're well over a million people and basically running on the same old infrastructure system that we <laughs> that we had um, when the city first started. And what's been happening is just failing, you know, massively um, in a short amount of time. Um, sewage spills are nothing new here. It's just that now they're so massive and so dramatic that people actually are paying attention to it. So what what brought your attention to it? Did you is this a visible thing or what 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 was the first indication that you needed to kind of get involved? Well, I was um, I was trying to get a strategy on how to get involved here in Fort Lauderdale. I talked to Benny Blanco about it and some captains for Clean Waters because we've had a decline in water quality here in Fort Lauderdale for a long time but it's been a slow process where every year the water quality gets worse and there's less wildlife and less um, just life in general all through the canal systems here in Fort Lauderdale. Part of the problem that we originally were having was water flow, very similar to how everybody's national park works. Um, Fort Lauderdale kind of works the same exact way, except the water comes out of the rivers, which mm -hmm. they dammed up years ago. And um, because of that, we have a waterfall problem. And we've had sewage breaks, you know, consistently. Um, and when we're out there fishing and stuff, as we notice them, um, you know, even if they may be small, say 10,000 or 20,000 gallons, if you can believe that's a small sewage spill, but it is. Um, so as we're out there fishing, we knew, you know, this was happening and we could see the wildlife, you know, deteriorating. In the last three years, the rate of speed has been so dramatic that um, I had to start um, talking to people about it. Um, as we were bringing the attention to it, these massive suit spills happen. And um, of course, then we saw millions of dead fish, you know, floating up, mm. um, total canal systems, you know, totally devastated by the, by the sewage. And when I first started posting the information on social media, um, people just weren't aware of it, even though they lived all through here. Right. If you're not if you're not on the water and actually pay attention to what's going on, you can drive right by the waterways here and not even know that there's a massive fish kill. And that's what was going on here in Fort Lauderdale. Um, as we brought more attention to it, the people here in Fort Lauderdale woke up. And um, since then, it's been going to city meetings. Um, we did a huge protest here. Um, one of the things that um, we were totally floored was how nonchalant the city of Fort Lauderdale took the massive sewage spill that we had here. Really? And yeah, they thought it was like, um, you know, just another day. And the people here that, you know, the boaters and the people that actually lived on the water, you know, knew how dramatic it was. So what we did is um, we got together at the local Tarpon River Brewery. We had LonkerCon there. Mm -hmm. We did some podcasts there. You yep. know, it's kind of a local center point. Um, we got together um, with five or six people in town that were very concerned and um, decided we were going to do a protest. And we we're going to do an on-the-water protest um, with boats and off-the-water protest at a local park that is right on the New River um, in the epicenter where the sewage spills were. And... Um, the city of Fort Lauderdale and the boaters and the fishermen here took to it, and it was a very successful protest. We had over, say, 80 boats involved, probably three or 400 people on land, and people from all over the state you know, knew about the protest. They came and they participated. And from that point, I think, you know, between the record and getting on national news, doing the protest, and then, of course, the social media, People are starting to wake up to the fact that we're killing our own ecosystem with old infrastructure. Right. So and when you say it was a successful protest, what in your mind, what does that mean? Like you got the attention of the people that you needed to get the attention of or you had a big turnout or what does it look like to be a successful well, protest? There was a number of things. One was a turnout. 
you know, um, it was great to have the turnout, the type of people that turned out, the the media that spun off of the turnout. So that that was very successful. But in the protest, we wanted um, to deliver a message to the system, to the city, that we demand water quality be a priority. We wanted to make sure they had a plan. And then we wanted to make sure that people knew that the people from Fort Lauderdale already paid for the sewage system to be updated. Mm. <laughs> there it yeah, is. There it is. Exactly. $250 million. The city in real guy terms, I say they stole it. Yeah. They call it reverting it mm-hmm. where they're able to take the funds that people pay to take care of waste, water, infrastructure, and they also have what they called impact fees. Now, I, I took you around Fort Lauderdale, and you saw yeah, the yeah. massive construction that goes along here. All of those companies pay thousands and thousands of dollars in what they call impact fees. Mm-hmm. And the city takes this money, and then they decide to give themselves raises with it, do all sorts of things with it, except for the sewage and infrastructure problems that we have. Mm. So basically, Boy. they're stealing the dough and doing whatever they want with it. Well, I'll so, tell you what, man, when that when you start talking in those terms, that changes everything. I mean, like really as an outsider, you know, looking in, like, okay, well, you got you got an infrastructure that's old and, and dilapidated and and yeah, it needs to be updated and the city grew too fast and now you've got a problem on your hands. Okay. What do you do about it? But then when you start talking about that there has been money there all the time to do it, boy, does that change things. And I bet that just infuriates people that are paying those fees. Well, it infuriates people. And what's more frustrating and infuriating is everybody knows that it was paid for. There wasn't a debate. You know, it was money that was shows right on your bill. It says sewage and water. Right. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, when they, when they, when they do that to people, the, 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 the fury is, is nobody's ever held accountable. They're allowed to do that. It's legal. No one goes to jail. But if the private sector say, you did that or I did that, you know what I mean? We'd be, we'd be, we'd, we'd be in federal prison. Right. Of course you would. Yeah. So it's like, you know, two sets of rules. There's one for the government and then there's one for the people. And we've made that very obvious here in the city of Fort Lauderdale. Hmm. Wow. And, so and, after these protests, have you been to any kind of meetings since then? I've been to the majority of the city meetings, okay? And I've had some very interesting things happen, um, not with the city, but with the state. I actually wrote a letter to Governor DeSantis, who, of course, I voted for because he ran on water. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a letter to him, and I sent it in the mail, and then I posted it on social media. And either somebody in his office watches the videos or is part of the social media, but within five hours, I got a call from uh, DeSantis's office. And his chief of staff, chief of staff, Shane, reached out to me and talked to me for almost an hour on a Sunday afternoon. Hmm. And I was floored that I got that kind of support from the, from the state immediately. I mean, they were on it. Um, the chief of staff has been on the phone back and forth probably a half a dozen times since then. And I'm working with his deputy chief of staff, who's part of the DDP and trying to do anything that I can do to make sure that this city does what it has to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. Um, the whole dynamic to it and through the process I've met and I've learned so much. And what I've come to find out is it's not a Fort Lauderdale problem. Really? It's a state problem. And these municipalities have been doing it all across the state. And the same thing happens on a daily basis. Um, Fort Myers, two days ago, 183000 right in the drink. Wow. Yeah, they just set a record for themselves. So they can congratulate that city can congratulate itself, but this is happening all over. Dude, there's a little 
there's a little <laughs> processing plant in Everglades City that is dilapidated and leaking. Wow. In Everglades National Park, there's one. Well, that one would seem to be, like, uh, obviously quite a concern, but Everglades City certainly doesn't have the density of people and the people paying taxes and the people paying sewer as Fort Lauderdale does. So is that the same kind of situation to where it's been paid for but nothing was ever done, or is that just a, an old thing that needs to be updated? It's just an old it's just an old processing plant that doesn't work correctly, that overflows, that spills, it's in horrible condition, and uh, nothing's being done about it. Yeah. It's not new. Yeah. <laughs> to it's me, been leaking I mean, you know, To me, that's but like, that's, you know, that's, a bad, yeah, that's a bad deal, but that is not as, like, obviously, that's a bad deal because of its location and, and, its, and the sensitivity of the area around it, but, man, when you start talking about this other thing, that's like, corruption well the stuff we're doing here i mean this is i mean this is nothing new fort lauderdale i think is the third biggest government budget in the state and it's been about as corrupt as you can get for as long as you can remember wow but they didn't kill the fish before right Right. you know what i mean it was like you know okay there was you know there was a tug of war there was a some people were winners in the process but when you let when you let that kind of sewage spill into the water, everybody loses, and that water doesn't stay in Fort Lauderdale. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you of course. Yeah, I mean, you know, like they say, everybody lives downstream. You know, but the and but the the reason I bring up the one in um, Everglades City is because it just shows you that. It's not a Fort Lauderdale problem. Mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale has a major problem, but Fort Lauderdale is a major city. Everglades Park is a freaking speck on the map, and it has a problem. Yeah. And there's municipalities anywhere from the tiniest in the best of places to the biggest and the worst of places. Tampa, pathetic. And I'm learning this stuff. 23,000 sewage spills in the state of Florida in the last 10 years that were reported to the DEP. 23,000? 23,000 in the last decade in the state of Florida reported to the DEP. How many thousands didn't get reported to the DEP? The big ones. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. They're, gonna report, they're probably going to report the little ones, so it looks like, uh, you know, at the end of the year, they're like, come on, man. You didn't have anything? Oh, yeah, we, had, those- we had 20 gallons that went in uh, accidentally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but no we no I don't know anything about fifty thousand two hundred fifty thousand gallons no I don't no that's somebody just, else <laughs> yeah see it's just like um and and you know I just learned this stuff the only thing that I really knew before all this is that the wildlife in the New River where I made a living and I grew my business TV shows with Bill Dance and some of the best moments of my life were in that river and in today's day and age. I can't take somebody's money and take them fishing in there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Just because and, there's no uh, fish. There's no fish. Um, it doesn't look right. It doesn't smell right. Not only is there no fish, the oysters and the barnacles and stuff that used to grow in that river. If your line touched anything in that river 10 years ago, instant break off. Hmm. And the reason it was an instant breakoff because the barnacles and the oysters grew in so fast. Like we built boats up in the back of that river in the old days. And if you had five boats in the water, somebody was in the water scraping the bottom of the boats almost the whole time. One, because bottom pain wasn't as good back then. And yeah. two, because the water was so healthy, stuff just grew on it. The only thing that gets on the seawalls now in the river and in the intercoastal here is this black slime which is an algae. And everybody knows about the algae problems the state of Florida is having. Mm-hmm. And this algae, because of the dead water, has basically taken, taken over the whole New River system. Now, I'm not saying there's not any fish left in there, but I will go on record and say that 95% of all wildlife is gone from that New River, from plants to birds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, so when yeah, when you talk to the governor's office about this, is is this like do they 
are they aware of this or is this all new to them or like they're being well, they, supportive, but are they even aware that this is happening? Well, I think they're, I think that, I think they're aware of it. I think that the cities like Fort Lauderdale, I mean, think about it. We're pretty far away from Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. The administration that's in Tallahassee right now is Republican. This county is about as liberal as you get. You can go up to Connecticut and stuff and get a little bit more liberal than here in Vermont. <laughs> but we're pretty liberal here. And from what I gather is there's a huge communication problem between Fort Lauderdale and Tallahassee. Hmm. And I think this, I think the people in Tallahassee could use all the help they can get as far as understanding what really goes on here. And um, hopefully in this process, you know, we've been able to do that. And that brings me back to how successful this protest and social media push um, has been. Granted, the fish are still dying. <laughs> Granted, the water is still, uh, still uh, contaminated. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to another point. You know, I'm not alone in this. I have uh, some really cool people that I've met in the process. There's a, there's, a, there's a group called the 954 Paddle Crew, and they're into paddleboarding. The Surfrider Foundation uh, mm. reached out. Now, the Surfrider Foundation's huge, you know? Yeah. And what they decided to do is they decided to come into Fort Lauderdale and do their own water testing to find out how much bacteria is actually in the water and what the levels are and so on and so forth. And what we've learned is the city of Fort Lauderdale will do the test on the water. The Surfrider will do the test on the water on the very same day with the very same people. And they'll get two different results, dramatically different, which brings a whole nother light to the issue. Either our government's incompetent or they're lying, one of the two. But the Surfrider Foundation does the same exact test. They even went so far to go with the same guy that tests for the city of Fort Lauderdale. Hmm. Yeah. So what, I mean, they're... They're obviously taking lots of samples. Are they observing that these people are doing something wrong or not doing it correctly? Or like what's well, what accounts for first, the discrepancy? At first, the discrepancy um, was debatable. You know, the city would say, oh, well, you're taking them in a little bit different place at a different time, at a different tide. And we all agreed, okay, that's an argument. So what the Surfrider Foundation did to take it a step further is they coordinated with the city to make sure they went out and tested the same places at the same time. And when the test came back, they still came back dramatically different. Hmm. And I got to tell you, I, I showed up, I watched, I seen the guy from the city that does the test and I seen the guy from the Surfrider Foundation that does the test. And let me just tell you, the guy from the Surfrider Foundation looks, appears um, much more impressive than the guy from the city that showed up. Well, I mean, it's one thing to, to look different, but it, like when they're taking the samples, mm -hmm. does it appear that they're doing two different things or they are both kind of doing the same thing or? Well, it, like the surfrider showed up and their equipment looked like um, could actually do the job. Mm. The people that showed up could actually walk down into the water and take the samples where they wanted to. And the guy from the city. I don't know. He had a stick with a plastic bag on it that he would stick in the water and get as much water as he could and then put that in his little container. And I'm just saying that there was two different people there, one from the city, one from Surfrider Foundation. One looked like a super looked like a, you know, pretty super looking team. And the other one looked like a guy that comes and, you know, cleans your pool or something. Right. You know, it's just like it just didn't look right. Mm -hmm. And you you're watching this happen. And when I say that the water samples are coming back um, different in their discrepancy, I don't mean like I don't mean like one has 100 parts per million and the other one has 130 parts per million. One will have 100 parts per million and the other one will have like 900 parts per million. Whoa. Yeah. Now well, city, I wonder if that's, the, I mean, the the, city, those are so far apart that it would seem like person that would really need to be good at his job would be the person who can consistently come back with 
samples that are much lower than what they should be, right? Yeah, and um, you would think that if the levels were different or there was a discrepancy that the city would do more tests. Well, the city's doing less tests, and the Surfrider Foundation decided to do more tests. Right. The city of Fort Lauderdale will show online that areas are fine for swimming, fishing, and kayaking, you know, no bacterial level problems. In the meantime, the Surfrider Foundation will go to those same exact areas take the test and it's not even close and it's hmm. just like some really you know nutty stuff is happening and yeah. this is what goes on this is what goes on i think now in new modern age social media and stuff i don't think governments can get away with this crap anymore and no. they're getting called out you know and yeah i mean there's so it, many groups like i mean i know a little bit about the surf rider foundation i know that's a solid group um there's so many groups like that that are keeping people in check. And then you have the internet and you have the availability of this information to everyone and anyone who wants to get it on, on your phone that you keep in your pocket. Like that's, that's that right. makes everything transparent. That's right. But I don't see how they can deny that it's going on. Is Are they denying it? Or are they just saying, Hey, look, this is our samples. And yeah, I don't, Tom, there's, I don't know. there's nobody. Like I said, there's nobody to hold them accountable. Huh. There's nobody to hold them accountable. They can say whatever they want. I would think that They're, the people that can hold them accountable are the people that have been paying those fees all the, all along. Well, that's about it. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is a um, election year. Thank God it's an election year because if people really care, you know, they can actually do something by trying to vote these guys out. Mm -hmm. But... Um, that's the power. And something's got to change because it's not, like I said, it's not just Fort Lauderdale. Any of these municipalities can do this stuff. And when they do this, because nobody's held accountable, basically what they do is they have a whole bunch of city meetings on it, and they kind of want and wait for the issue to go away. The city of Fort Lauderdale and the people in the, in the state, of course, are not letting the issue go away, thanks to, you know, groups like Captains for Clean Waters and the CCA and, you know, all the other, shoot, man, there's so many. Um, I met Nyla Pipes, who I thought was 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 a great asset. I, I met um, um, Terry Gibson from the, what are they, the National Water Society or something like that. And people care, and there's a movement right now. And the movement is growing. Thank God it's growing because I don't think that the ecosystem um, can restore itself anymore. Right. It's going to need help. So in the future, like, like just blue sky it for a little bit. Like let's just say you have a super successful um, protest. You get the attention from the right people. What, mm -hmm. what, what changes can happen to really make a big difference in, in the water quality? Well, I think, I think Fort Lauderdale um, is the perfect place for this catastrophe to actually end up being something good because um, I think we can be the leaders, the innovators in taking an ecosystem that's been devastated through overdevelopment, water flow, pollution, and we can restore it. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that, um, unfortunately, the government hasn't come up with, but the locals have come up with, um, there's machines called protein skimmers mm. that you could actually put in the back of somebody. Um, I, I lost you there for a second. You, you, you put them in the back of, of, of canals. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, they're, they're called protein okay. skimmers. Okay, right, you just broke up there for a second. Yeah, and basically what they are is um, it's a system. You can put them in the back of canals, and it takes old stagnant water, water clean the algae out mm -hmm. of it, clean any of the bacteria out of it, and then replace it, kind of like the way you would maintain a huge swimming pool. Right. Is the, way I, is the way Fort Lauderdale has to look at their waterways. There's also a big problem here because the drains, um, every time it rains, the drains – and the drain pipes open up and go right into the intercoastal, right into the river. We use it as like a liquid dump. Mm. Now, 
eventually that has to stop. But what they do in Australia, and one of the one of the one of the proposals that we've had here in Fort Lauderdale is put these these bag filters on in the back of these pipes. Mm-hmm. So before I can just let anything that's on the street go down the pipe and into the canal system, it has to go through this bag filter. Um, we could put bag filters on, you know, the, the the drainage pipes. Of course, update the infrastructure, um, all of it. Um, just by doing that alone, it'd be steps forward. We could be the innovators. We have to quit doing um, development the way we're doing it now. You've been to Fort Lauderdale. Yep. We'll take a canal. We'll take a, a canal. We'll seawall it on both sides, and then we'll dredge it and make it 10 feet deep. Well, if it's 10 feet deep, nothing is going to grow on the bottom of that. No grass, no crustaceans, none whatsoever. By putting seawalls on every single canal system in this whole county, now we have no mangroves. Mm. Everybody knows what mangroves do to the water system. We have none of that anymore. We take it, we make it a desert, we leave it that way. Years ago, Mother Nature could overcome the process. Yeah. I think I might have lost you, Jeff. Okay. Well, we lost Jeff. We're going to get him back right now. Um, this is a situation in um, in Fort Lauderdale that is really interesting. It's um, I don't know. We're gonna. I'm gonna get him right back. I lost you. I lost you there. That's okay. I had you right up until the the end when you were talking about the mangroves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So just roll with that. Yep. So, you know, so putting the mangroves, you know, back on the canal system would be a huge step forward. We have miles, and I mean hundreds of miles, of just blank seawall in Broward County that we could encourage growth. We could encourage plant life. If we can just don't do that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we could make these simple changes, and I think we could make a dramatic increase in um our water quality here yeah it's interesting like the the sewage spills like i would think that i would think that that one i'm no expert on this one but i would think that that is a massive contamination and if you can stop it from happening in the future i feel like i feel like nature can rebound from something like that where there's uh, as opposed to some kind of well, i think i think i think you know, like a consistent thing that keeps happening, yeah. like the Okeechobee deal and, and all of the stuff that the captains is working on with the Caloosahatchee River. And like, I don't know, that that seems to be happening over and over again. It can, I don't ha- know it how can happen. Quickly. And it, yeah, well, it can, it can happen. And when it, if it does happen and when it does happen here in Fort Lauderdale, you know, that's going to be a major piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we can do everything but not do that. And there's no pieces to the puzzle. How difficult do you see it being like, let's just say that they were like, yep, everybody's right. You're, you're right. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. We're going to put, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars towards this. Um, how does it even happen? Are they going to have to dig up the pipes? Are they going to have to change the, the, the treatment plant? What, what is the, what is the solution? Well, the solution for the infrastructure here is simply replacing the pipes. We have um, pipes that haven't been replaced, like I said, since the 70s, and they go all around town, all around Broward County. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big job. Um, they estimate, you know, somewhere around a billion dollars. Cool thing about Fort Lauderdale is we have great credit rating, we have a lot of cash, and we can come up with a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Wow. So that's being done. They're finally putting that as a priority. But let's say they, you know, all hands on deck and they're starting it right now, it's going to be a five-year process. And during that five-year process, we're going to experience these sewage spills. Um, But it's non-debatable and we can do that. And there's a plan to do that. So as that's happening, I'm hoping that the city of Fort Lauderdale will change its philosophy on the intercoastal and going right back to what I'm talking about. I think, I think putting plant life 
back in the intercoastal here um, and not contaminating it with, you know, sewage water. Right. Those two steps would be huge because I can take you right now, Tom, to places here in Fort Lauderdale that have just a few mangroves, just a, just a one little area, and it's not dredged to be 10 feet deep. And those are the areas that we go and we get our bait and we start our day at. Mm. And in a hundred yards away from that same exact area, there's nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? And I can show you that today. So what do we do is we take these areas and make more of it, more of that hundred feet that has life in it. Right. And I think that the people that live here, that live on the water, um, same way they, you know, take care of their shrubs in their front yard and they want that to look good. I think they should be taking care of their mangroves in their backyard. That's just because an education the mangroves kind of thing, right? I mean, yeah, it needs to, you know, it's, it's about awareness. It's about, Hey, how can I help? And I think if they, if you deliver that message, which we've started to do, people are going to really help. Did you, um, did you hear about how the CCA stepped up with Mike Lambricks? Um, no, not 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 in your area necessarily. I saw you post something about the CCA. What did they do? Well, Mike Lambrex, um, president of the CCA for Broward County here, um, was a personal friend, and um, he was right next to me. You know, a lot of the time, you know, when this sewage spill was happening, and they were um, planning on doing an oyster restoration experiment here in Broward County anyway to find out if the oysters would where and if the oysters would grow. So what they've done is they have these little, um, basically they're oyster larvae catchers that promote oyster growth. And if the water, if the water is good, these oysters will start to cluster. And he told the people here in Broward County, the people that live on the water, that he needed volunteers you know, for these oyster um, catchers to go right? because he needed places, you know, all different places in all different parts of the city. And it was overwhelming. I mean, hundreds of people who lived on the water here wanted one of these things on their, hanging off their dock. Right. And today he's out there hanging them off the dock. <laughs> That's and, cool. Um, yeah. It's something, right? Maybe right. it's not the answer. Well, maybe it's not the answer. You know, it but might not be the answer. The data that we're going to get, the it, data that we're going to get from the effort is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, but what I see in that is like that. That's like it's it's beyond the data. It's beyond the um, whether it's the the right device or it actually does anything. What it does is it's an outward expression of someone caring about the problem and doing whatever is available to them to try to do their part and help. Well, their neighbor sees that and is like, what is, what is that thing hanging off your dock? Oh, you don't right. know about this? This is, this is a, you know, this device, it does this. And well, why would you even need that? Well, don't you know about the water situation? Like exactly. And, and, awesome? and so then it becomes like this, even, even if it doesn't work, I think that's a that's a huge step forward because it's a part of you know like like I'm sure that you're about to say it's just a it's just an education thing it's a part of of being part of the solution rather than being part of just just you know constant protesting and stuff right. like that and I, I think that it's, I think things like that are huge huge and in fact yeah, and if it works even better Right. And, and it's and to me and my my message to everybody, it's it's philosophical. It's about changing people's philo- philosophic philosophically how <laughs> they think about say. the water. Right. <laughs> I'm the best at vocabulary. You know? I, I, I go from the big well to the thesaurus. But, but anyway, you know what I mean? Like the whole change of philosophy, the way we look, the way we think, what we think about our dock, what we think about the dead stuff that's behind the dock, what we yeah. think about the live stuff. You know, you've, you know, you've seen that a lot. Um in in other areas of Florida, like particularly like the Caloosahatchee system and all of that, and and other areas where it has become kind of really apparent that we're all part of the problem, as in, as we are all part of the solution. Like you can point fingers and 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 blame Okeechobee and sugar and pesticides and everything, but it's like, okay, what are you putting on your lawn? 
And then people are like, oh, like that, that could be a problem. It's like, well, maybe not just on your lawn, but if a million people do that and it rains and that all goes in the water, yeah, that's equally as big a problem. So if you want to do something to help, like find a different, you know, put manure on your lawn instead of, instead of some kind of, you know, crazy you know, right. fertilizer sort of, or whatever, sort of or, chemical or, whatever. or have right. a sand lawn or, I mean, you live in Florida. Do you really want to be cutting grass anyway? Like, you know, there, there could be a different type of grass that you could plant that doesn't take as much uh, fertilizer or whatever, you know, landscape differently so that you have hardier plants that don't need fertilizer. And all of a sudden you're a part of the solution because you realize, Oh, each of us has a role to play. Like, Everything that, that I put on my grass goes into the river. Everything that I wash my car with goes into the river. Everything that, that I'm using in my house is ending up in the river. So if I don't want yeah. dead fish and I want everything to be nice, I need to do my part as my neighbor needs to do their part. And, you know, and I think that you're starting to see that a little bit where people are, are just becoming a little more, aware and of course you know you're becoming way more aware when they're dead manatees washing up on the beach and then when that goes away you know i'm sure people go right back to putting the fertilizer on their lawn but it is an awareness thing and it it does change people's idea of what their responsibility to the to the environment is i think well yeah and and i hope i hope for a couple things i hope the rest of the state Oh man! Those mistakes. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I thought I lost you again. You hope the rest uh, of the I, state what? I just hope that the rest of the state, especially the smaller towns, look at what's happened to Fort Lauderdale and Miami, and learn from the mistakes that we've made here, and don't make them in your small towns that are growing so fast. Mm. I'm not an anti-development person, but development has to evolve. And it's been the same way for too long, especially in the state of Florida. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So hopefully, you know, people, you know, will will learn that and from the mistakes that Fort Lauderdale, Miami has made. The other thing that um, I hope everybody understands, people put way too much faith in the government and government agencies. Mm. The only people that are going to make a difference are people like you and me, Tom. We want to have faith that the DEP and the EPA and the FWC and all these people are looking out for you and your environment, but they're not. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's the fact of the matter. And people need to understand that they're the ones that are going to make the difference. The government is not. Right. But there's also, you know, I mean, I, I, I agree with that, but I also, also think that that there's something else like, why are people like you going to make the difference? It's because you're the canary in the coal mine, as well as being someone who really cares about the environment. You're the, you're going to be the first one that notices a problem. You're going to be the first one. I mean, of course people are aware of the, the spills or whatever. Oh, we're having a little spill. Okay. Are there any problems? Is anybody complaining? No. Okay. It must not have been that big a deal. Okay. But you're out there on the water. You notice all the dead fish. You notice whatever way before someone else. And that's what I think is interesting about like this situation or the Captains for Clean Water, Caloosahatchee situation is it's, it's really the, the outdoorsmen um, that are leading the charge because, exactly. it, because they, you know, Maybe you could say that they care about it more, but do they? I mean, I don't know. Do we really care about it more than the restaurant owner that wants to keep his thriving business open? He cares about it too, but he's going to see the effects months after you are. Right. We're just educated first. Right. We can see things that they can't first. Right. And, And it's like, huh, I haven't seen any birds here. Like, why are there no wading birds here? Well, nobody else is noticing that except maybe a bird watcher or something. And then it, or then it maybe you know, like we've caught bait here always and there's no bait here. Nobody notices that. Like who sees bait? 
nobody. Exactly. You know, so I, I think that it's I think that it's interesting. I don't know that it's it's just that the that the state agencies don't care or the government doesn't care. I mean, in some cases, that's absolutely one hundred percent the case, and 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 there's some shady things going on. There's no question about that. But but then you know there is also you know the point that. That you're just out there, man. You just you just see it first. You understand what the what the harbinger of 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 bad things to come is. Like there's no bait. Well, That's a problem. Well, I'll go. I'll go back to the government about them caring or not caring, because um, I mean, this is this is. I mean, this is this is the way I look at it. Okay, there's FWC officers that are out. In their boats, I don't know, 150, 200 days a year, mm -hmm. they see it. They should be there strong as an ox with data supporting what they see, but they're not. That has to change too. If the government's ever going to actually reach out and make a difference, or is it just going to be the people? The FWC, now I can't speak for the whole state because I don't fish in the whole state, but the FWC in Broward County and the FWC in Dade County will sit there in a diesel spill, and this happened to me numerous times, and check your safety equipment. Mm. Never call the DEP about the diesel spill or the crazy pollution that's coming out of a pipe somewhere. They'll sit right next to that trash and check your safety equipment that you're not even violating, but that's where they're spending their time and energy. And you're like, you're sitting there, and you're just like, are you kidding me? And that's what I mean. Things gotta change in the government. If you saw, if you saw what happens after you call the DEP from oil or a, or a diesel spill, it's pathetic. It'll take them sometimes two and three days just to get to the problem mm. and then basically not do anything about it. And these are things that I've witnessed, Tom. You know what I mean? The government mm. is not held accountable. And in anything that you're not held accountable for, the quality of service is going to stink. Yeah, you're right about that for sure. And that's, the, and that's, you know, that's my thing with the government. I hate to be such a pessimist and point fingers, but what's happening needs to be told and that's what's happening with what i've seen so far from 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 the government and the fwc thing i've been it's been bothering me for years how in the world can i not be best buddies with the guys that are on the water here for the fwc why am i why is that an opponent of mine hmm. yeah it doesn't seem like it would be no we should be tied at the hip you know what I mean? They're the FWC. We use the environment to satisfy our customers, to pay our bills. Who in the world should be more allies than the guides, the inshore guides more than anybody in the FWC? If I see a diesel spill right now, today, and I want to call somebody from the FWC, I dial a 1-800 number that takes me to Tallahassee. I don't even know the chief's name over here. Mm. and he don't know me and that's a problem because he doesn't know bouncer and he doesn't know benny and he doesn't know all the guys that are out there every single day mm -hmm. that's a problem that's a problem these are the things that you know people have to come together but the government's never going to come together unless we demand it Right. I'm talking about the FWC like that now because I want to change the relationship I have with them. You know How do you I mean? intend to do that? I mean, that's a that's a really good thing because, like, I love I, – I don't know. I mean, I, I listen to kind of all, all kinds of arguments and stuff like that, and then I kind of turn arguments off when people just, just bitch and moan and then have right. no solution. But what's interesting about, about your – situation and what you're saying right now and what you said throughout this whole conversation is let's lead it up to a solution. Exactly. Like, so what is the, how, how would you 
change the relationship between you and the FWC or how would you suggest that other people in other areas change the relationship with the FWC? Well, I think we'll, I think one, we have to ask Mm -hmm. one of the things, one of the things that um, is on my agenda is I'm going to reach out to the commissioner of the FWC with a proposal. I want the FWC um, to start coming to my events to start participating in any types of social media that we're having. I want to reach out and make sure that um, they're part of what we're part of. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do I know you? I know you because you're a fishing enthusiast and you love it and it's your passion and you do it for a business. Mm -hmm. Well, I should know the the chief of the the FWC because he's the chief of the FWC and his passion you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we should have a relationship because of it. Just like everybody else. Yeah. It's a change I mean, of philosophy. Well, how, how do you know the, how do you know the, uh, the head of the CCA? Exactly. Same, same thing. Like, right. Why is he the head of the CCA? Because he is, that's close to his heart and he happens to have certain skills or he's good at certain things and it lead, lends itself to, to him being able to do a good job at that. Right. So I don't know in government though, if that's necessarily the case, I don't know if you, I don't know if, I I mean, I've never had a government job or anything, but if, (laughs) if you, uh, I think maybe you could get transferred or moved around to a place that, that they need leadership and you've never been on the water. I I mean, I have no idea if if the head of the FWC has been on the water. I'm sure he, has I guess, but I, I I don't know. You know, you, but what I'm saying is like you could you could end up in a place that you're there for a different reason than than someone that leads a conservation group ends up in that position. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. And 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 I tell you the other big thing that's changing, Tom, is regular everyday Joes. Or jumping on this environmental thing. It's not the friggin' nutters anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the crazy, you know, people that are, you know, doing these crazy protests and worrying about a specific animal and all that. Not for them, not if we're against them, but it's not just big guys like you and me now. Yeah. Well, and that's a big change. That is, that is a huge change. That something good's going to happen. That is a huge change. And what I saw was some of the, the biggest success for Captains for Clean Water and how they rallied such incredible support was one, there was obviously a big problem that needed to be solved. Two, they provided solutions right away. Three, they tied it back to financial. Um, things that everyone in the community could understand immediately. My restaurant's going to close. I'm not going to be able to sell any houses. If the water is bad, people aren't going to come to the beach anymore. Like all of a sudden that gets tied back to um, financial, economic things that everyone, regardless of what your profession is everyone in your area is tied to the water in some way, shape, or form. I mean, they may never go on a boat, but, and it may be as simple as they may never go on a boat, but their favorite restaurant is on the water. Well, if the water stinks and the fish are dead, people don't go to that restaurant. That restaurant goes out of business. That person can't go there anymore either. So all of a sudden that person who has no tie other than like to sit on the water or on the beach, you know, is now concerned about this, this situation or the red tide when that was going on, you know, the, the person who will never be on a boat, not once they'll never go fishing. They will never put a pair of binoculars up to their eyes, but they like to walk their dog on the beach. The red tide comes, there's dead fish. Their dogs are rolling in it. They, you know, you have a, a an asthmatic response when you walk outside. It burns your lungs. Now, all of a sudden, that person, if with the proper education, that person can become the greatest cheerleader, the, the biggest supporter of 
you know, a cause for clean water because, because they, someone took the time to educate them and saying, you know, you know why your dog smells really bad? Because he's rolling in those dead fish over there. Do you know why they're there? No. Why? And they take the time to explain it. And, and, and all of a sudden that person who thought that fishermen were bad people before is now the greatest supporter. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I'm just hoping, I don't know, the position that I'm in between social media and the actual fishing industry and the way the whole thing works, I've always been a communicator. Whether you, whether people like what I'm saying or they don't, they <laughs> hear it. You know what I mean? They hear it. <laughs> they, and yeah, they hear I'm it. Hoping, I'm hoping the same thing happens here. You know what I mean? That's all I can do. I get up the bat, I swing the best I can, hoping to hit a home run. But if I hit a whole bunch of singles to win a game, so be it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know, you're doing you're doing good you're doing good things. You've pointed out a problem. You've you've tried to remain positive for the you know, as as much as you possibly can without, you know, avoiding attention. I mean, like you can stay positive and and everybody's everybody you know, to the point to where nobody listens to you. And then at some point you have to have some sort of a protest where you got to get some attention, you know, like. Well, have to. And then there's, and there's certain problems out there, you know, that, um, you know, that demand the attention and, um, hopefully people are learning about the ones we're having here with the water every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, dude, there's always, there's always an upside and, um, yeah. Considering considering I, how bad the water is here. <laughs> what do you think yeah. the upside is? That you can become a leader to other communities and other communities can can um avoid the mistakes that have been made? Yeah. Is that the best upside or is there a better one? Well, my two biggest issues in the state is overdevelopment and waterfall, right? So if we can change the way we develop and change the way we think about developing, I'm all for spending a hundred million dollars to put a beautiful frigging um, multi-unit place right on the intercoastal. As long as you make the intercoastal as beautiful as you made that multi-unit condo or whatever you just put up, mm-hmm. hotel or whatever, mm-hmm. you put the same energy and effort into making the water next to it as impressive as that establishment that you're building that's what i asked for that's what's got to change yeah you know what i mean yeah but like in this whole conversation what makes it difficult is i'm sure that there are plenty of developers out there that that say absolutely man charge me any sewage fee you want i'll be happy to pay it i want to be a big part of this community i want to do the right thing i want to build this thing right and they pay their fees and right. they're not being spent correctly well yeah and i think that's a false argument that we're having here in fort lauderdale is a lot of people are against the big developers and i think either i think if the if the big developers were educated on how they can help i think they would do more than the requirements you know what i mean and and it's about philosophy and it's about education and communication mm-hmm. um in this town i have literally personally reached out to some of the biggest developers in this town because they're fishermen and they know me and we're starting conversations on how as the developments happen how they can participate in making the water quality better so what does a guy like that need to see like like the a big developer right mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is an opportunity i see it like uh, you know it, looking at it from a business perspective okay Lots of people are going to build big resorts or lots of people are going to build big condos or big buildings or whatever. What would separate yours from someone else's? And one of the things is to be environmentally friendly, to build a LEED certified building. You could do all of these different things. But what does a guy like that need to see? He's like, okay, yeah, I, okay, I'm in. I want to help. I want to do this. But do they need to see science? Do they need to see... Um, it's, it's other exactly, examples of people doing good things. 
it would be a, it would be exactly the way they do things now. Somebody would come up with a plan. Okay, you're building here. The water does this. It's so many feet deep. You can put boats over here. You can put trees over there. You can have it shallow right here so oysters and stuff like that will grow. <clears throat> and then if they know how to build and what to do, they will do it. The problem is right now is there needs to be leadership to show them that. Right. There needs to be a change in philosophy to explain this to them. And then it will follow suit. Well, probably in science too. Like, well, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I, you know, I was planning on spending a hundred million here. Now you're asking me to spend 120 million. I mean, I'm, I'm in, if that's going to mean that I make 240 million instead of 200 million, like <laughs> I, I'm in, well, I'm listening, but I don't want to spend that kind of money if I don't know that this is going to work. Right. So that's where I think that there has to be some groups like bringing the surf rider foundation in. That's, that's great. Or some other group that can show, look, if you were to build this way, you would improve not only your property, but the properties within a mile of your place. Exactly. And then exactly. they're like, okay, you know, I, I see that. I can see how that would work. And I can, and then you let their marketing team take off with it. And it's like, look, we're the greenest hotel in the world. We, you know, we Bingo. have you been a right part of, head. we've been a part of all this other stuff. And and then when people see it that way, you know, I, I've, I've always said like, I, I don't really care if someone's heart is in it, but dude, just, <laughs> you know, do the, as, as long as you're doing the right thing, I don't care what your, your, your motivation is. If you think you're going to make $50 million because you're the greenest hotel in the world, man, I don't care. Hopefully we can out. fish out of, off your dock. Like it'll exactly. be great. Um, exactly. But exactly. You know. And people are, people are getting it, Tom. It's, it's, you know, nothing's going to happen overnight. But when regular guys like you and I start, you know, talking about real solutions and how people can help, that's where the nucleus is really going to be. Yeah. And um, and that's what I mean. The government's not going to do it for us. Yeah. You know Until I mean? you bring it, attention to it and make them, because that's how they get that job. They got to get elected. So. Well, I'm you know. I'm I'm spreading the word through Fort Lauderdale. Same way DeSantis got in there, he ran on water. Right. I want to know. I want to know who's running on water in this town this next election. That's that's my big. That's my next push. Right. Well. Who's running like on it. water? I think that's a. I think that's a good thing because, you know, like. Dude, I, I just made a new slogan. Who's running on water? There you who's go. Who's running on water? <laughs> <laughs> the lunker dog. Maybe you ought to. Maybe you ought to run. I don't Dude, know. I thought about. I thought about it, and then I was like, "Well, then there'd be nobody to bitch and moan." But anyway, <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody's got a time? job. Everybody's got a job to do. <laughs> That's right. Who's running on water? That's my new slogan. I love it. There you go. I want the first T-shirt. Um, well, that's cool, man. Uh, I think you're doing, I think you're doing good things. I'd really do. And I know that the people that listen to this podcast, um, appreciate these type of issues and they certainly appreciate them and get behind them when it's not just a problem that they're presented with solutions. And I've seen that with hundreds of emails about the captains for clean water thing. So, uh, this has been very enlightening, and uh, I learned a lot about what's going on down there, far more than I knew before. I'm sure that a lot of the people that listen to this have too. Why don't you um, tell them how they could get involved, how they can follow your stuff, how they can keep abreast of this whole issue? Right. Well, I mean, everybody can follow me. Um, I'm I do most of my communication on Facebook um, under my own name, Jeff Maggio. But if you, uh, you know, if you're into the podcast, I've done a half a dozen episodes in the um, Lunker Dogs Real Guy Show is the podcast, and um, you know, get involved with 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 good people. Um, get involved with Captains for Clean Waters definitely couldn't hurt. And um, more importantly is if you could just kind of spread the philosophy that we were talking about, it would be, like I said, another single to win the game. Yeah. So, um, Tom, um, thanks for letting, uh, let me get on here and talk about this stuff because Dude, it's people all about in your it. audience are going to make the difference. Well, <laughs> it's all, we're, we're all about it. And you know what, in the fishing community, 
and in the outdoor community, just like you say, or, or even what, whatever, whether it's what you said or what I said about being the first and to understand it and to see it and to be the canary in the coal mine or to be the staunch protector of, of the environment. That's what hunters and fishermen are, in my opinion. That's been proven. Hunters and fishermen have done more um, to, to advance conservation in this country than any other group. And, um, you know, it, it, it's not just big national things. A lot of times it starts in the local level. And I like to hear about these things. And certainly when it's coming from somebody like you who's out there every single day and, and you're pointing out a problem, I'm going to listen. So I hope that uh, I hope you make some real headway here. And as always, if there's any way that we can help you out here or if I can help you out, let me know. I'll well, you already to. did, Tom. You already did. So run that dog. All right, buddy. Run that dog. All right. All right. All right. Thanks we'll so see much. You, Jeff. Bye bye. All right. That was my friend, the Lunker dog. Passionate guy. With a big problem right in his front yard, backyard, too. So uh, I learned a ton on that particular conversation. Jeff's a, Jeff's a great guy. Go support him, follow him, and uh, keep abreast of this situation in Fort Lauderdale. And as, for, as far as the uh, metrics go, they show that more people in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, listen to this podcast than anywhere else. So make sure that you get out there and make a difference. Just like Jeff says, why don't you figure out um, who's running where, who's running on water, and make your vote count. Vote for the person who has your best interest, and uh, we can make a difference everywhere. All right, as always, Waypoint TV, thank you for being our sponsor of this podcast. You can go to waypointtv.com. You can find all kinds of great outdoor content. Check out their Samsung Plus channel right now. This is a great time. It's got a, a great um, lineup of stuff, including saltwater experience, Into the Blue, Sweetwater. You got um, Buck Commander on there, a new show they've been putting on there. You got tons of other shows that you can watch absolutely for free. And that is on Samsung Plus TV. If you have one of those, man, check it out and you will, I think you'll like what you see. All right. Until next week, we'll see you later. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.